0: audio okay new studio Ooh, i don't know how this is gonna sound because i can't we haven't installed the headphones yet so i'm kind of flying blind here i hope this sounds okay welcome back i think what is this 11 episode 11 on july 8th 2020 What's shaking, everybody? Ah, uh, where, where you guys want to start today? You know, here's where. Let's just get let's get uh, let's get right to it. You know what I was thinking about last night? You remember what used to be a big thing, and now you hardly ever hear anything about it. Side boob. If you don't know what I'm talking about, let me brief <laughs> let me briefly explain a little side boob. In the early 2000s as the internet was looking for a lot of content that could be sexy but not x-rated one of the things that became a thing was side boob so like if you're wearing a tank top or a bikini and you got a lot of you know boob popping out the side of whatever outfit you're wearing paparazzi would take a picture of it put it up on the internet and then you you know you get a little clickbait check out who, what's her name side boob that was a huge thing. Now it's not a thing anymore. Or maybe it is still a thing and I'm just getting old. And so the internet stopped showing me sideboom, assuming I didn't want to see any more sideboob. I mean, I don't want to make, I don't want my entire internet experience to be side boob, but I'm not going to pass on the occasional side boob. Although I don't think I'd click it anymore. So maybe it's still a thing. Murdochjones.com. You can tell me hit the mailbag. Hit the mailbag now, MurdochJones.com. Anyways, I was thinking about side boob last night. And it's, you know, kind of nice. I could take a little side boob. (laughs) Right now, there's somebody who's like... Like sometimes people listen to this because I'm taking a political position. And sometimes people listen to this because they know me from the motorcycle industry. Or sometimes people are listening to this because they knew me from the radio. I'm envisioning the person who is listening to this. And, and like the first thing you hear me talk about is side boob and you're just incredibly disappointed. Here's the trick to listening to any good up and coming podcast Keep in mind that I'm eventually going to get to the topics you agree with and don't punch out on the one that you don't. It's good for you to hear a little bit of disagreement. That's what I'm here for sometimes. Uh... (laughs) Anyways, side boob. How about Patrick Mahomes getting $500 million? Is that right? I I better make sure I'm right here. Patrick Mahomes details restrictions in his new contract. That's not what I'm looking for. Although I want to read about that. What kind of restrictions come with a 500 million dollar contract? Okay, so here's what you can't do if you get to sign a 10 million. Or I'm sorry, a 500 can be up to 503 million dollars. First off, it's got a 141.48 million dollar injury guarantee, meaning oh, quit it with the ads. Shh, hold on, I forgot to mute my computer. I'm sorry. Um, it's a guarantee of 141 million. Like, tomorrow, if you went to your employer, I'm not bitching. Good for Patrick Mahomes. I'm not one of those guys that bitches about all these rich contracts. You you hate it that bad, stop watching it on television. That shit will fix itself. Until then, just be happy that someone's getting a half a billion dollars to throw a football around. That's pretty badass, I think. Anyways, walk into your employer tomorrow and ask for a 20% guarantee. Of your overall contract. <laughs> if, like, you break your hip, you still get 20 grand. That's funny. Uh, okay, here are the things you can't do if you're Patrick Mahomes can't play basketball, can't play baseball, like, not even a pickup game. You can't jet ski. You cannot, what else can you not? Um, any physical activity that can be considered dangerous. That's a pretty loose definition. They're called activity prohibitions. That's an interesting thing to put in a contract. I'm trying to find more things he can't do. This is an audio deal. I don't want to listen to sports radio right now. Um, 500 million bucks, man. What can you buy with $500 million? What cost 500 million? Okay. These are the things, not that he would, you know, this is what $500 million buys. Ready? Okay. You can buy 100 Lamborghini Veneno Roadsters. I don't know if I'm saying any of that right. I'm not really into cars, and I think Lamborghinis are kind of douchey. So, but you can buy 100 of them. 27 private helicopters called Eurocopters. You can buy 4,000 private island lots on Fiji's Mavuva Island. Now, I could be talked into some of those. If I had 500 million bucks. Do you know for $900,000, you can be the star of your own James Bond film for the weekend? Like you can create a plot line and have hired actors play the villains and they can kidnap you. Um, And like they choreo, like they teach you how to do action scenes. Like they shoot a little, you know, your own little personal James Bond movie. For about a million bucks is what that cost. I don't know, man. That if I was mega rich, I that's way worth it. That's nothing. That's I'd all in do that. Although, can you imagine your what your family is going to say about you when they watch that thing? Here's what, oh shit, I just talked myself out of it. First off, I'm not rich enough to go make my own Bond film, but I do think it's cool. But here's what holds me up imagine your family playing that goddamn video at thanksgiving 30 years later do you really think you're like let me put it this way picture yourself 20 years ago what you were wearing and what your hair looked like and you know all your shoes and your jewelry and your glasses and your teeth and all of the things that like that's all your family and friends are going to give you shit for all that. But I think you kind of deserve it if you, you know, pay a million bucks for your own Bond film. Speaking of being rich, do you know what? Facebook thinks I make more money than I do. And sometimes the advertising that I see shows it. Do you know? I'm seeing these ads where they're trying to get me to buy like racing horses. Or like fractions, frac like partial ownership, is I think actually what they're selling. So like, you give I clicked on it, I got hooked right in. This ad worked on me. I love gambling. So like, you pay whatever a thousand bucks, and then you own a percentage of a horse. I don't know what horse. I'm, first off, I'm I'm. There's no way I'm gonna do this, but. I wouldn't even need to be that rich for me to be get kind of suckered into this. Really, I could see it. Like I'll start thinking about how fun it would be to own a racehorse. Although, are they? Is it? This is maybe a little woke for some of you, but is it inhumane? Like, do they get treated okay? I don't want to own a horse if if it gets treated like shit. And like, I kind of seem like that's what it's like to be a racehorse, right? I don't know that at all. This is just me completely making that up. It just kind of seems like it'd be a bummer for the horse. Like what What are the, you know, what do you do afterwards? I have no problem. Like if they send him to make no mistake, this is a little woke, but this is less woke than that might sound because I have zero problem sending that horse to like a, a slaughterhouse to be made into horse burgers. Like I, hard stance. And I know it's a little cruel and I get it if you're out, because if you have horses, you'll never eat horses, but like, we could feed a lot of people. There's one in five kids in Rapid City who doesn't have a sandwich and is food insecure. And, you know, I get it's a little awkward talking about eating horse. But I bet if I was that one in five kid and you handed me a horse steak and it looked like a real steak, I'd probably chow it down. Or if you ground it up in a burger, little pickles, a couple of onions, a little ketchup mustard, you'd choke it right down. I'd do that tomorrow. I've tried it. It's just meat. Wow, we got way off topic. Where was I? Oh yeah. That's I'm seeing <laughs> I'm seeing these ads where you can like buy partial or all the way racing horses. Like, that's dangerous. Cuz how many people are just pulling the trigger cuz it's kind of fun? But I don't know anything about I don't even know anything about real horses, let alone racing horses other than I'm okay with people eating them. That's my extent of horses. I rode them sometimes in high school because I grew up in a, in Elcester, which is, you know, tiny, but like, I'm not, could not ride one now, could not saddle it or anything or shoe it. Do you still shoe horses? You must still shoe horses. Right now there's someone who owns horses and thinks that I'm the dumbest person on earth. I'm willing to admit it. I'm not saying I know shit about horses. But apparently, my social media feed wants me to buy one, and I could be talked into it. You know, here's here's they got to switch the times that they're advertising this to me because I'm seeing it at like noon. Facebook or not Facebook, but whoever's showing me this ad, smarten up. You know who buys racehorses? My same demo, but like wait to start showing the ads until I've had about three or four Jack Daniels, like. If I have five Jack Daniels, can't be buying anything, but three Jack Daniels, I feel like I would be just buzzed enough to maybe look at buying a racing horse. I could get talked into it at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're opening that second or third bottle of wine, and, and you're like, I don't know, what if it wins, right? It's worked before. We've landed. Remember when we hit black twenty-eight in roulette? Stranger things have happened. Yeah, that's how you sell that thing. Um, should we do some? Uh, speaking of where I grew up, would you like a story from Alcester? Here we go. For those of you that are just joining us on the uh, show here, I grew up in a tiny little town called Elcester, South Dakota. That's pretty close to Iowa, south of Sioux Falls. And it was a nice little farm town of 700 people. It's still there. You can visit it. There's not a lot to do, but you know, it's a small town. Anyways, sometimes I have these memories of strange things, I think, from my hometown, and here's what they are. They're called stories from Elcester. You know what I find odd looking back? During the first Iraq war, We were really indoctrined about the whole thing. Like, I have no political position on this. I'm just telling you what we did. When I was in fourth grade, our class or, and I I don't know if I'm remembering this right, but, like, I feel like our class made a parody song about bombing Saddam Hussein. And it was to the Beach Boys' Barbara Ann. Like, mama da, 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 da but only it was bomb, 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 Saddam. I mean, we were in fourth grade. I'm not saying we were lyricists at that point. It wasn't a gifted school, I'll admit. But isn't that strange? Like, isn't that weird? That feels super awkward to me now. Like, if my children came home and said that their class had made a parody song about bombing another country, I would have questions. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm proud of our, the reason we did it is because we had a teacher that was, that was in the guard and got called up. And so it was like a reaction from the school in support of Mrs. What's her name? I can't even remember who it was, but at the time we were all very, you know, like it was like, we were all trying to support Mrs. What's her name. And then I just feel like maybe it got out of control because we made a parody song as 10 year olds or however the fuck old you are at fourth grade is that feels like it's super strange to me we also made we made a replica of a of a i want to say a what was the missile that was taking down the scud missiles was that a patriot missile i have that, i might be getting that wrong but for some reason, like our class, for I don't know if it was connected to like a holiday or a project, but we made like a card, pretty big cardboard replica of a Patriot missile, complete with like desert camo. It was incredibly weird. Looking back, like, at the time, I don't remember it being weird. I even took that home. Like, we had a drawing, and, like, I remember winning the fake cardboard Patriot missile, and we put it in the backyard, and, like, I got to play make-believe out of it. That was fucking awesome. I definitely remember that. It's too bad my invisible friend wasn't alive when that happened. That would have been cool. Anyways, I just feel like it's incredibly weird that we not, like, that at, that at fourth grade we made a pair, but maybe just that was the times, and so maybe that was normal back then. But holy shit, that be imagine right now if the if the if the Glee Club at and at your kids' high school was like, hey man, we whipped up this little jingle. I think it's a little funny. What do you think? Bomb, 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 bomb. Over the fuck, we're bombing now. I feel like that would get questioned. Also, I feel like that's a good thing. Maybe. Anyways, there's a story from El Sister. Uh I have another one, too. I don't know. Okay, I'll sit on it. Maybe we'll do it. on. And I want to give all the stories from Elcester in 10 episodes here. Um, so I'll give last episode I was talking about my newfound favorite sport, which is an invisible simulation of a – dude who is taking a video game from 2008 and simulating the Western Illinois Leathernecks. Leathernecks Nation. Neck up. La- <laughs> I'll give you an update. It by the way, what's the it, the this link is on murdockjones.com but it's is it it's, it's rickyodonnell.substack.com. This is the he's an editor for SB Nation and he got furloughed and so I'll give you the, I'll give you the quick version this time. He created this blog where he simulates a a college basketball team and he's trying to build a 40 year dynasty. And then he kind of blogs about it. And I know it sounds a little boring, but it's really, really funny and it's pretty entertaining. Anyways, they live stream the, the March madness games. Last night I joined Twitch and watched an entire fake basketball game. I more listened to it than I did watch it and like followed along with the chat. It's. I'm telling you, it was just as entertaining as any TV show I've been binging on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. I highly suggest it. I'm. I I'm might. I think I need to buy some merchandise. Go Leathernecks! Summit. Next time I watch a Summit League game here in South Dakota and they're playing Western Illinois, like I don't know. I might have to root for. I might be a Leatherneck fan now. I mean, I'm not sending the twins there for college or anything, but you know, I mean, maybe if there's a scholarship. I don't even know where Western Illinois is. <laughs> oh yeah, Macomb. Yep, I did know that. I read that. Anyways, so I've been I've been reading and watching that again, but I've also been so. I lo- I mean, those of you that have listened to the old shows that I've been on, you're you know, that. I, I love stand up stand up comedy. To me, is the last great true art form that is untouched. By cancel culture and like industry, if that makes sense to me. I, by the way, wholly get that if it's not your thing, it's not your thing, and you can just fast forward. But that's stand up comedy to me. Like that's my preferred art form. And I've been getting into, I've been re listening to older comedians because i would love to know what carlin thought of this of our current world or prior and i've been going back older and older into lenny bruce and i'll say this and this is embarrassing to admit because like true stand-up fans always put lenny bruce on the mount rushmore of stand-up comedy a lot of it doesn't hold up because you gotta remember the times man it was the 50s and like he was a rebel for the time but it's not you go into it thinking you're going to hear Bill Burr or 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 um, Chappelle or something, you know, but it it's just it, that's not what it is. But I've been forcing myself to try to listen and understand Lenny Bruce a little more, and I he had the. I mean, there's not audio of this, otherwise I'd play it. So Lenny Bruce on the on the day Kennedy was assassinated, I'm I'm just going to set this up because it's such a good punchline. On the day Kennedy was assassinated, which is not funny that I, I just hear me out. Lenny Bruce had a show in New York at Madison Square Garden. And he was famous, famous at this point. Like he had finally like he was draw he could he could sell a crowd, right? But the but the president was just assassinated like the day before. And you know, but like everybody stood Everybody didn't go out that day, but then that you know the next day there everybody was dealing with it. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of taking this because Neil Brennan's podcast got me onto it a little bit, which is really great. You should give it a listen. So this is the line Lenny Bruce had. So Lenny Bruce gets up on stage. President was just assassinated. There's a long pause, and I got to, and I'll pause right here, and I got to set this up a little bit. There's a dude. There was a there was a comedian and writer, and I think he was on the radio. His name was Vaughn Meter. believe i'm saying that right i hope i'm i hope i'm saying that right i apologize if i'm not so von meter was a kennedy impersonator like that was his gig that was his main gig like just like today there's trump impersonators and there was obama impersonators and there was a lot of bush you know and not just like Will, but like i think will farrell doing george bush like it's because or like it was that was what he was famous famous for and he was super famous (laughs) and lenny bruce gets out on stage Takes a drag of his cigarette, takes a very long pause, and this is how he opened his show the day after the president was assassinated. Boy, is Von Meter fucked. <laughs> I was a, just such a killer line, man. It got me right back into Lenny Bruce, so I've been listening to him again. Uh what if I was gonna tell you where to start with him, I don't know. I, I feel like if you don't know anything about him, you should like. There's a couple of movies that are about him that are pretty good. Um, like maybe The Essential Lenny Bruce would be a good w- book to read. <laughs> Boy, is <Von> Meter fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what a great line. Uh, all right. That's about it for what I've been watching or reading or uh, listening to, et cetera. Um, What else do we want to uh, cover today? You do the news, I guess. Let's do a little news. You know the drill. We do... Okay, here's how we're going to frame the news. We do the news how we've been doing the news. It's non-Trump, non-COVID as much as possible. First thing I see in my feed. And then I got an even Stevens where we're going to talk to some Trump fans and Trump haters here. But let's do the news first. Also, I, someone asked if I do another fake mailbag. Maybe we'll do some fake mailbag later. That'll be the episode for the day. Bum, bum, bum. I already talked about Mahomes. Five hundred million dollars. That's a contract, man. Um. Uh... I'm reading more about this Mahomes deal. Sorry, I got sucked right into it. All right, let's get back to the news. News, 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 news. Non-Trump, non-COVID news. Although I'll say this about COVID. Would you all just shut the fuck up about masks? Just shh. Inside voices. Um... Okay, here we go. This is kind of a bummer, I guess. Well, it's a little COVID-related, but I, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond is going to close 200 stores. That could be, probably be pandemic-related. Although, you know what? That doesn't bother me. You know what that store smells like? Wait a minute. I'm thinking of, what's the other one? What's the fucking lotion stores that are in all the malls? It's not Bed Bath & Beyond. They sell, like, salad shooters and shit. What's the, what's the Bath & Body Works? Ugh. There's never been a more disgusting line of products than the Bath and Body Works products. You can't even... Like, I'm weird about smells, so I get maybe I'm a little more... Like, this might be just for me. But I literally... when I, When I'm in... When you walk by one of those lotion stores, I have to walk all the way to the other side... Of the mall lane, and to walk around that store because the smells emerging from that open door is like burning chemicals. Why on earth would you want to smell like that? Guess I'm, I'm blowing my Bath and Body Works uh, endorsement deal. I was about, to, <laughs> I was about to get. I mean, it's just also strong. You can, who, no one needs to be, I don't want to smell you from a football field away. No one wants to smell anybody from, maybe you do, like in high school, you get tricked into it because your hormones are all fucked up and you smell like BO and that, and, but I'm telling you, Bath and Body Works is not that much better than BO. And in often cases, probably not at all. At least with BOE, it's only from a foot or two away. Although I'll say this listen to this. One time I was on a plane. Where is I going? Doesn't matter. The dude I was sitting next to had, again, I'm weird about smells and I get it, but his body odor was so terrible that I had to ask. I swear to God, this is so fucking embarrassing. I, I swear to God, the following is true. We landed in Memphis, I think and and about halfway there from where was it Minneapolis like halfway through the flight, I had to ask a stewardess or a, I'm sorry you can't call them stewardess anymore. I had to ask a flight attendant to go get me a bag of coffee like you know like in airplanes when they or when they make coffee they, they don't use the like they don't put the grounds in. It's like a hotel. they have the little bags. Right, They're like pre-whatever. Anyways, I had the flight attendant get me one of those bags so I could cover my nose and smell coffee, which is, by the way, I didn't ask for it. They offered it. So apparently, this must happen more than I think. But this flight attendant went and got me that bag of coffee so I could put it over my nose so I would not have to smell this person's body odor. That's how it it was violent. And during (laughs) – this, now, okay – Here's where I'm embarrassed, more embarrassed, maybe. When, the, when, we, when we stopped in Memphis to pick up people, I jumped off the plane first just to get some fresh fucking air, but went to a little surgery shop and got the dude some deodorant and handed it to him. Not in, I, by the way, I wasn't an asshole about it. I was very polite about it, and I feel like this is fine, but feel free to fire away MurdochJones.com. The question I pose to you in a poll is this. Yes or no? Was that okay? I wasn't a dick about it. I just went to the store. I bought a little thing of like degree or whatever, and I said, "Hey man, I think you could use this." And and didn't I didn't shame him? I didn't think. I mean, maybe. I mean, I shamed him a little, but for God's sake, I couldn't even sit next to the person. Also, the flight attendant and I didn't ask for this. This just happened. They moved him to the back of the plane where apparently he was going to be disruptive to somebody else, or maybe they just. Casually move all the smelly people. Okay, here's what I need to know. Anybody in the flight industry, murdochjones.com, m-u-r-d-o-c. Is it is it protocol to move a smelly person to a specific seat? I would like to know that so I never book that seat again. Because you know, I'm I'm on a plane from time to time and I want to avoid any smelling areas. I want to say the back feels draftier. As long as we're talking about airplanes, by the way, why don't we make the following rule when everybody starts flying again? You know when the plane goes up to the thing and the lights come on and the people in row 87 stand up? Just chill. Because all you're really doing is getting up to put your butt cheek in my face, and then we're just going to stand there in the hot airplane for another seven minutes while we're getting, waiting for everybody else in the front. Like, I don't mind being in the back. It's just, you're like, just give you like, okay, here's the exceptions. If you, like, if you have to stand up because your knee hurts, like mine, you know, I'm 6'2", and they jam me in an airplane, and I'm 250 pounds, and so sometimes you got to stand up, stretch your back, stretch your butt, stretch your knees, whatever that then it's okay but you just don't get in the middle of a lane don't be an asshole don't start grabbing your shit just stand up stretch out a little bit sit back down here's the exception though and this is what every this is why everybody needs to relax there let's say there's 150 people on a plane like 10 of them are late or they're going to miss their flight and they got to get the fuck going just hang in your seat and because eventually you're going to be that person and everybody gets up like they're blocking cattle at the gate And then that person's super fucked. It's just common courtesy, I feel like. Also, wear deodorant and don't smell like that person. And for the love of Jesus, stop buying things from bath and whatever works. Unless they have scents that are not toxic. Actually, you wear whatever you want, as long as you're not in 100 yards of me. You want to smell like a dumpster fire, you have at it. But I'm telling you, People aren't impressed by it. People think you stink. That's my position. Hard stance here on uh, Book of Murdoch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Um, You know, Bed Bath & Beyond, like everyone's going to, here's my, this is, let me take a shot at some business end of Bed Bath & Beyond here. Back to the original news story. They're going to close 200 stores over the next two years, starting later in 2020. And everyone is going to say it's because of the coronavirus pandemic. But hear me out for a second. Is it because of the coronavirus? I'm sure it didn't help. I'm sure it has something to do with it. But how many people were still going into the mall and buying Bath & Body or Bed Bath? and Actually, Bed, whatever that's called. What's it? What is it? Bed Bath & Beyond. How many salad shooters do you need with, to- with your towels and all of that shit? But here's the thing. Everyone always is bitching about, oh, my God, you got to shop local. You got to shop local. I agree with that, by the way. You do have to shop local. but And I get it. This is what we do for a living here at the old Home Slice Group. But, like, you as the local business don't just deserve it for nothing. You got to do something, too, man. Like – You can't ignore that the internet is a thing, it's a tool. Are you gonna out Amazon, Amazon? No, but you gotta do something. And if you're not gonna do anything, then you deserve to not grow. Everyone got super mad during the, this is, we're gonna go way back in time here. Remember, this is only gonna matter to people from Rapid City. But like last year sometime, when they put in the, when they change, we recently as a community changed how our downtown parking meters work and we change ours to what everyone else in the fucking world does where it was paid by the hour meter parking, and you can use your app or a credit card now. You don't need to jam in quarters like it's 1967. And a bunch of people got super mad about it, and a couple of business closed. Like one of them was the Army-Navy store. And everyone was like, see, these parking meters closed down the Army-Navy store. Well, did you ever consider that everything that is for sale in the Army-Navy store has been moved to the Internet or the antique store, and on top of that the Army Navy store. Like I don't know the dude who ran the Army Navy store. I don't I'm sure he was a good dude. Like I'd buy him a beer, but it's not like any of those stores evolved. You know what else isn't fucking worth any money anymore? Kodak. You know why? Because they didn't change. Because they kept selling film cameras and the internet was a thing and they waited too long. Like it's that's not the fucking parking meter's fault. You gotta evolve, man. Like Tell me one business that can do what they did 40 years ago and not and still be fine. I can't think of one. Parking meters. I'm off, Apparently, I'm still aggravated about this. But here's the thing. You see it one time, and then everyone else is like, fuck yeah, the parking meters are shutting down the shit. You don't know anything about running a municipality's parking system. You know who else doesn't? Me. No one does. This is what experts said to do. Why not trust it? Holy shit. I mean, I know it's stupid. I don't know why I'm so infuriated about it. But, like, Jesus Christ, man. You don't know everything. You don't know anything. That's fine, too. You're not supposed to know everything. You know what I don't know? Like, right now, the Dakota Pipeline is, like, the new thing. Or, like, the the uh, uh, Supreme Court thing. Well, wow, we'll get that to even Stevens. Like, I'm... Why can't you be in the middle, like, for the Dakota pipeline? Like, everyone's either super happy that the – if you don't know what's going on, the Dakota Access Pipeline got shut down by a federal judge's order that it had to be stopped for 30 days while they did some environmental review. And I get two sides of this coin. You know, if I lived next to the area where a giant pipeline was going to go, I have no problem making that entire company wait a decade or 40 years if I have to so I don't get oil in my kids' fucking Cheerios one day. That's fair. I get it. On top of that, I also get that, hey, man, if we were less dependent on foreign oil and we could pipe our own oil down to our own refineries and we could also pipe gas and the 40 other things we're about to invent with the new minerals that we discovered because that happens, that a good pipeline might save a lot of people, you know, that might have some benefit. Why can't both exist? You don't have to be either or. You can be in the middle and you can be undecided. But everybody who's never even touched an oil pipeline on the Internet today is convinced they know the right answer. Holy shit. Calm down. Ooh, I didn't think I was going to come into this hot. I'm sorry. That was a little bitchy. Maybe we should get off the bitchiness. All right, let's get something that is not bitchy. Boy, Vaughn Meter is fucked. (laughs) All right. Here's a new sport I would think maybe you should check out. And give me a minute cuz you're going to think I'm insane. ML2020 marble racing. It's je- I believe I'm saying this right. And by the way, I've where did I see this? Oh yeah, John Oliver. This is last this is from last week tonight. There's there's a YouTube channel called Gels or Jellies. I don't know if J-E-L-L-E. Jellies Marble Runs. And it's basically a Marble League where 16 teams compete in 16 different events, one of which is called funnel endurance. And you and the goal is for your marble boy, when you hear it said out loud, it sounds Like, all of my hobbies are really boring, and that's fair. But, like, give it a race, man. It's kind of interesting. Like, I kind of, there's this orange marble I started to get into. There's no fucking sports going on right now. I can't be rooting for the Cubs because they're not playing yet, and I don't give a shit about hockey. I don't even know if that's on or not. Like, you know, I'm getting down to it. Fucking marbles it is. I would 100%. Bet on this. I'll give you a story from Al sister, by the way, that I just thought of that this, this, I was a, I was a, I was a Cub Scout. Okay. As, as a lot of us were. And this marble racing league made me think of the time that I won the state Pinewood Derby championship. How's that for a brag? I was the nineteen. I'll guess 91, 1991 S- State Pinewood Derby Champion. Was it Regions? No, I'm pretty sure it was the state, state of South Dakota. But there should if we if we're gonna be coming clean, there should be an asterisk on the on the on the thing. I'm 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 no better than Mark McGuire because we we drilled lead underneath the car and and put a little graphite on the wheels and i think at the time that was maybe not cool although i don't know the current rules about it i need a pinewood derby expert to tell me the email me the rules i need to know if we were cheating In 1991-ish with that we drilled a hole underneath if you don't know what the pinewood derby is if you weren't a cub scout like when you're 10 or 11, they give you a block of wood, four nails, and four plastic tires. And they say, turn it into a car. And you shave it down, and you nail the wheels in, and you paint it kind of cool. And then here's where kids would screw up. They would glue heavy things on it like uh, that would get in the way of the wind draft, like a big motor, like just to try to make it look cool. And my dad, being the sneaky dude that he is, not sneaky in a bad way, I mean sneaky in a good way, he did a little research asking around a little bit of how to make this car faster. And and you could put powdered graphite in the nail holes to reduce the friction to the plastic wheels. You could also weight the front end. I think it was the front end. The Weight the front end of the car by drilling into the wood, inserting the lead, and then covering it back up with wood and paint so nobody knew. Although I think maybe everybody was doing that and it wasn't as like cool as I'm thinking it is right now. But I need someone to lay out if if I'm an, if I'm an actual champion or if I'm guilty of performance enhancing whatever's on the, on the car. there's a random story from elcester state champ 91 go Leathernecks! Um, I haven't even Stevens, but I feel like I've been bitching a lot in this episode so maybe I don't wow okay well let's try it again. We said we'd do it. Here's even Stevens. You can't, and here's why we came up with it. You can't even touch social media nowadays or the news or anything else without someone either being really pissed off at the left or really pissed off at the right. And obviously you listen to this show. If you're a few episodes in, you know, I won't shut the fuck up about it. So here's the deal. I want to come up with an even Stevens every episode where I pick one thing that you Trump fans are doing that you need to come off of. And one thing you Trump haters are doing that need to come off of. We're all going to find the middle a little bit. So here we go. Even Stevens, Trump fans, you need to stop being mad at eliteness. I saw this from, I'm not going to rat anybody out or anything, but this was just being shared and not just from one person, from a few people. Like you're, you're, I get the intent, and it's a little bit at the beginning of the Tea Party. Like you, you the the system. There's two. There the one percent and the and has too much, and the middle needs more and the, and more help for the poor. And I get all that. I get where you're coming from a little bit, or at least where I think you're coming from. But you sure seem to be. And this is a Trump thing. You're you 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 get mad at eliteness like. And I don't understand it. Like, smart people are not your enemy because they disagree. No one's your enemy. Put your guns in your holsters. Let me try it this way. When you cheer for your favorite football team, even though you all tend to say you're never going to watch NASCAR or the NFL again, but I'll bet all the money in the world you're wrong because you you just say this on social media, but whatever. You don't get, like, Patrick Mahomes just got a $500 million contract because he is an elite quarterback that won a Super Bowl. Why won't you take that same application and apply it to people who are experts in their field who are just trying to help? Doesn't that make Like, I don't know. I don't understand why that doesn't make sense to you. But Whatever. Even Stevens, Trump haters, you need to understand the following. Nobody gets everything. You can't win at all. You can't be mad at everything. Like right now, you're all mad at the Supreme Court ruling about birth control. And I gotta tell you, man, as somebody who agrees with your anger, like I believe that, that, that it should be a conversation. And I'm also not it's not lost on me that I'm a fucking dude who has never had to worry about any of this. And so I don't get necessarily a loud of a voice, but that's my opinion. You don't get what you want all the time. That's not any of that shit works. Like, so maybe pick your battles a little on this last Supreme court ruling and understand that a dude running a bait shop in fucking a South Dakota might not have the same social structure as the dude running the cake shop in Miami. By the way, that doesn't mean I agree with the bait shop. I believe, you know, like it's there's a line of the free market here and you don't get to win everything. So maybe come down on that a little bit. And maybe if you come down on that a little bit, the Trump fans will stop being so mad at smart people and you can find your middle. There's your even Stevens today. Again, I don't mean to be so luxury on this episode. I just didn't think I was in that luxury of a mood, but apparently I am. You know what I need? I need to buy myself a racehorse off Facebook. That'll fix everything. (laughs) All right. um, I'll do, let's do fake mailbag and get the hell out. How long have we been going? Actually, you know what? We're 45 minutes. I've been trying to keep these episodes under an hour. So here's what we'll do. I promise next week I'll dig dig back into fake mailbag. Also, we need to do it because we need to start our other new bit. Kelsey believes – Kelsey's my partner in crime and she's a good egg. And she also believes I give terrible advice on this show, which is – couldn't – I mean, I'm killing it on the advice. I am murderer's row – It Money stock, can't go wrong, lock it down advice. Hall of of Fame might be a little strong because we're only 11 episodes in. Anyways, we're going to do some – okay, so this is what's going to happen on episode 12. I'll set this up. I'll set all this up with Kelsey when I go. I'm going to give some fake mailbag advice, and then we're going to come back on episode 13 – play it, and get critiqued. And we'll all do it together. It'll be a little fun. So look forward to that next time. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to try to keep these under an hour, so we're going to call it good. MurdochJones.com. Sorry if you're offended that I say you stink if you use Bath & Body Works, but, you know, God, you just do kind of. And I don't think I have anything else for you today, so I'll see you next week. Murdoch! jones.com if you're listening on the apple why don't you give me a rating i'll even take a one star rating let's be honest we're in the beginning of the game here i'll take all the bad ratings i can get tell your friends tell them to give a bad rating it's time for the credits i need to cut some credits the book of murdoch this has been a home slice audio production this particular credits was recorded in Studio 2A. Executive producer is Mark. <laughs> He's in my cell phone as Mark fucking Houston. <laughs> Executive producer is Mark Houston. Engineering, Chris Jaquez. I think it's Jaquez. I call him Jaquez. And he is certainly the smartest man at Home Slice when it comes to technical abilities. I'm Murdoch. I wrote this uh, photo and videography by Russ Danger Haddon and all graphic design done by our chief brand officer, Robert Tiberius Henry. See more shows at homesliceaudio.com or check out the homeslicegroup.com. Thanks for listening. Give this a like or a share, and you have a great day. Mark has to listen to this, and he's going to be so annoyed, and that tickles my fancy. So leave this goddamn piece in.